0: welcome back to the channel it is so good to have you back let's get into our passage today saying number two of the 30 sayings of the wise from Solomon out of Proverbs chapter 22 we'll pick up in verse 22 says and do not uh, do not exploit the poor because they are poor and do not crush the needy in court for the Lord will take up their case and will exact life for life hmm very powerful now I wanna note that this is the NIV, New International Version. Exploit is the word used. But if we, um, right here, if we look over here at the uh, English Standard Version, you see the word is do not rob, do not rob the poor. So let's go back to the NIV and look at the Hebrew word here. The word here for exploit is this word gazal. Now, it means uh, to flay, strip, or rob, catch, consume, exercise, robbery, pluck off, rob, spoil, take away by force or violence, or tear. So, clearly, rob could be the right word that's used here. But I think as we develop this a little bit more, I think you'll see that NIV's thought-for-thought approach on translation helps here with the word exploit exploit. The the word exploit goes beyond just robbing, just taking someone, something from someone. Exploiting them is taking advantage of them in their weaker state. Now we're going to develop that and see if if scripture really bears with that. So let's go back and we're focused on 22 right now. It says, do not exploit the poor. So let's look at the poor. Uh, The word poor is the Hebrew dal. And the first word out here is dangling. It kind of makes me think of someone dangling by a thread. They're just at a, at their wits end and they're, they're holding on by a thread. They're dangling there. Weak or thin, lean, needy, poor, weaker. Okay, the idea is do not exploit the weaker, those that are weaker than you. Now, I'm talking to believers right here. You and I are born again believers. Now, if you are not a born again believer, this message is even definitely for you. As a non-believer, there isn't the conviction that happens as the Spirit of God is in you, telling you and, and, and convicting you when you exploit, when you do those sinful things that we ought not do. But as a believer, I'm speaking to you, we should never, ever exploit others, the weaker. Anyone, for that matter, but definitely the weaker. Okay, If anything, we should love our enemies and pray for those that persecute us. We should be reaching out to the lost. We should be serving them, just as Christ did us. We were all lost. He came to earth and served us. He did not come to earth to be served, but to serve, Scripture says. We ought to be like him. So with that backdrop, let's look up the, the Hebrew word for needy. This is pretty bar- uh, you know powerful. Depressed in mind or circumstances. Interesting. So if someone is emotionally depressed, they fall into this weaker needy category. If you're, you're stable and you're good and they're weaker and you take advantage of that, that is sin. That is, that is exactly what Solomon is warning against. We do not take advantage that way. Okay. Um, and, and it's interesting that the word is depressed in mind or circumstances, depressed in circumstances. I, I don't make the money. I, I'm poor. I'm homeless. I'm, you know, physical circumstances. But in mind or circumstances, this is indeed uh, very broadening here. Afflicted, humble, lowly, needy, poor. All of those things take shape in this word needy that, that Solomon is using here. Why not, though? Why is Solomon warning? Do not do these things. Verse 23, for the Lord will take up their case and will exact life for life. So let's look at some passages here. Let me collapse this down. Let's look at some passages coming out of this verse. Now, these footnotes that the scholars have put into the Bible for you and I to use, take advantage of those. A lot of hard scholarship has gone into that, and it benefits us as we read and study this. So again, this is a footnote in the midst of this passage. Verse 17 of uh, Leviticus chapter 25, it says, And you must not oppress, exploit up here, oppress down here, you must not oppress one another, but you shall revere your God, because I am Yahweh your God. So there seems to be kind of a contrast here between oppression and revering God. If you oppress, you are not revering God. If anything, you are offending God. Man was made in God's image. So if we oppress man, we are offending God. Okay. Something you need to hear. You need to take note of that. Let's let's look up another passage here referenced. And that comes out of Job chapter 5. Now, I'm going to slide up a little bit to pick up uh, 15 as well as 16. And it says, and he saves from the sword of their mouth, even the poor from the hand of the strong. Same kind of, you know, know, uh, oppressor and the victim kind of concept here that's brought out. But verse 16, so there is hope for the powerless. So he saves them and there's hope for the powerless and wickedness shuts its mouth. Now powerless, it's interesting, the word powerless. Who's powerless? And powerless over what? Now, from a literal perspective, you could see maybe the homeless are powerless, someone with a lot of money versus the homeless or or the poor or whatever. But from a spiritual perspective, keep in mind, Scripture is written to believers that have the Spirit of God in them and can understand these things. First John makes it clear those that are not filled with the Spirit cannot understand the things of God. They can read it like a literary document, but they're not going to be spiritually moved without the Spirit of God quickening them, saving them and indwelling them that they would hear the things of God. Okay. So the powerless, I believe, in context would be the non-believer. They're dead spiritually, as all mankind is in their natural state. They cannot save themselves. They're powerless to save themselves. And they need a savior. They need God to intervene. And that's exactly what he did 2,000 years ago when he sent his son to live the perfect life in order to die on the cross for our sin to be our propitiation our substitution then he turns around and brings that good news right back to us and says do you believe the good news is god paid your debt off proved it by rising from the dead do you believe and if you confess with your mouth jesus is your lord and master and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead you will be saved this is good news, folks. Let's get back to the passage here. Um, so, this idea here that we're seeing in Job is that God seems to be stepping in here. Okay, He steps in. There's hope for the powerless, and He's going to shut the mouths of the wicked. Well, let's let's turn now to another passage that is referenced up here. Um, we're going to see it out of the ESV version. You see here, we have quite a few little cross references. We're going to pick up Malachi chapter five, and uh, we're going to look at uh, this section here and try to build upon what we're reading here. The wise saying number two, and it reads, then I will approach you for judgment. God is speaking to Israel. Then I will approach you for judgment, and I will be a swift, uh, swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who, uh, those who swear falsely, and against the oppressors of the hired worker with his wages, the widow and the orphan. So against the oppressors of these people, okay? And the uh, abusers of the alien or the foreigner, the sojourner. And yet, do not fear me, says Yahweh of hosts. So clearly, God is stepping in here saying, I'm going to be the judge and I'm going to be the witness against you because I've seen what you've done. And he lists off a host of people that are sinful and they do not honor God as God. Okay. Yet they do not fear me, says Yahweh of hosts. Okay. But one of those words that I wanna focus in on is adulterer, adulterer. Now, the word adulterer here in the uh, Hebrew is na'af, na'af, and it includes adultery, what you and I know to be uh, cheating, for example, cheating on a spouse or whatever, Um, but it also figuratively reflects apostasy. Apostasy is to turn away from God. Now, God called Israel a prostitute and adulterer and all kinds of words like that. And the reason is God was her husband and God expected her to be faithful to him. But he, she, you know, Israel turned to other gods. And that was a breach of this marriage between God and them, okay? We as born again believers, enter into a marriage commitment with Jesus. We are betrothed to Jesus. So we too should not be turning left or right to other gods, other idols, things that consume our time away from Jesus. Okay? So this passage, we'll go back to it. This passage here in Malachi is very powerful. And we can link it now back to our passage in um, in, Malachi. Um, Proverbs, do not exploit the poor because they are poor. Do not crush the needy or the Lord will take up their case and exact life for life. Take your life for their life, exact life. So here we see that played out very clearly. I will come in to judge and I will be the witness against them. Who? Sorcerer, the adulterer, those who swear falsely against the the, uh, the oppressors of those and so on and so on and so on. I talked about it a little bit earlier, these are not characteristics that reflect a born-again believer. If you go to 1 John and look through that, there are approximately 10 characteristics that distinguish a born-again believer from a non-believer. And all 10 should apply to you and me. And if they don't, if you read through them and you go, man, I kinda do that, then you need to repent. The fact that you recognize you're not doing what you should be doing, or you are doing what you should not be doing, is a sign that the Spirit of God is in you going, yep, you're figuring that out. You need to then, through the power of the Holy Spirit, repent and be strengthened. You have the ability to overcome the enemy. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Scripture is clear. So. If we were to then go further and read, for example, in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, you would see: blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are the, the, you know, the those that hunger and thirst for righteousness and all this stuff. All of those characteristics reflect a true born-again believer. The poor in spirit is they recognize their need for a savior. The meek, the humble, the merciful, they will receive mercy. The peacemakers, They will be the ones to go out into the world to bring others that are not at peace with God to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, which then brings them peace. This is powerful, folks. Hopefully, this quick dive into just these two verses has been a blessing to you. And until next time, and I do look forward to having you back, be blessed.